It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, Jonathan Valencia. Now, I know it's been two days now since the big trade for Alex Smith, but I, I just can't get off my mind, guys. I it, It's going to keep me up at night for a couple days now. I, it, it's the only thing that's on my mind. So I'm going to keep beating this dead horse. I'm going to keep talking about it. So right now we have Ryan McChrystal of Bleacher Report to talk Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, all things regarding this trade. How's it going, Ryan? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, I want to get an outsider opinion on this trade. And I know you're a Browns fan, so you, you know, you're going to have a very pessimistic viewpoint of everything here. So, <laughs> so to kind of get your outsider opinion... What do you think of this trade when you first saw it? What's your initial reaction to this trade? My immediate reaction was just complete disbelief. I, I Obviously, we knew that Kirk Cousins was probably going to leave Washington. And obviously, we knew that the Chiefs were going to shop Alex Smith around. But I never put those two – I never connected the dots. I think this was a possibility. Mostly because I thought if Washington was willing to move on, which we assumed they were, that it would sort of be like a soft rebuild situation that they maybe yeah. try to – trade up in the draft and get somebody or just stay with their stay put and draft someone and maybe bring in a veteran to, you know, as a stopgap for a year or two. But to go out and get Alex Smith and then sign him to a long-term contract, it was, I was just like in complete disbelief as I'm sure an awful lot of Redskins fans were too. Yeah, no, it's actually hilarious. I was off recording another podcast for uh, breaking the draft and halfway through the podcast, all you hear me is go like, what? Like what's going <laughs> on? And then, so, like, the podcast, when, when I eventually get it edited, which will probably be tonight, I mean, I got a lot of podcasts I'm throwing up, but when I eventually get that out tonight, uh, it's going to have the big title, like, live reaction to Alex Smith trade, because it just caught us all by by surprise. And I, I just want to get your opinion here, again, as, as kind of an outside guy here. Kirk Cousins versus Alex Smith. I know you've been looking at both these quarterbacks, because, again, you're a Browns fan, and both of them were kind of possibilities for the Browns this offseason. How do you rate these guys, like, stacked compared to each other? Don't Don't count the third-round pick in Kendall Fuller yet. Just Alex Smith versus Kirk Cousins. Uh, I mean, where where's the difference there? It's a really hard comparison because I think there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Neither one are you know big strong arm guys that launch the ball down the field. They're kind of more you know short passing game, check down guys um, that can manage the game really well. Um, so there's a there's a lot of similarities between them. But of course, you got to factor in the age, and so you know Cousins. You got to think you know even though he'll be 30 at the start of the season. You know, that's not super old for a quarterback. Maybe there's a chance he continues to grow a little bit. Whereas Smith, at this point, we know what he is. Best case scenario, he stays what he is. But, you know, I think I was trying to look at it from a positive because my initial reaction was shocked that they would think that Smith was a significant upgrade from Cousins. So I was trying to think of some kind of, you know, positive takeaway from this. And the only thing that I, that I can really come up with is that this Cousins drama has dragged on for so long. Yeah. Obviously, everybody in those front offices and coaching staffs, they didn't believe in him. And, you know, even if, you know, I know there are a lot of Redskins fans that do believe in him and want to see him stay, but you, you've got to take, you got to come away at least with some positive feeling knowing that now you have a quarterback that everybody there wants to build around and wants to create an offense around. And, and even if it's not the guy that you wanted, it's not a, 
it's not a step down. At, at worst, I think it's a lateral movement. And even if it is just a lateral movement, it's a guy that the coaching staff wants, that the front office wants. They want to build around him for the next three to five years. Uh, so at least you can come away knowing that there's a direction now and you don't have this hanging over your head. Yeah, 100%. That was actually my optimistic viewpoint I said on last night's podcast. It's, you know what? Finally, the drama's over. We have a guy for three to five years that we're going to build around. I mean, he is a guy who has done it in the NFL. He hasn't done it really at an elite level, but he's done it before. And that's at least something here. And I want to get your opinion here on Kirk Cousins in general, though. Do you, What's your overall opinion of Kirk Cousins, the quarterback? I think Cousins... I mean, like I said, I think him and Smith are really similar. There's no question that they're starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They deserve to be there. But I think they're like the perfectly average starting quarterbacks. They fall somewhere. You know, if you were to rank all starting quarterbacks, they're probably somewhere in like 12 to 18 range, right in the middle. They're not someone that you feel confident that, you know, your cousins isn't ever going to put a franchise on his back and carry them. But he's not going to consistently lose you games either. The one thing that, you know, that really I keep coming back to with Cousins that has sort of made me pessimistic about him, even though I do think he's a fine quarterback, I wouldn't hate having him, is that he's just so inconsistent. Yeah. Earlier this offseason, I looked up I looked up some stats using ESPN's total QBR statistic, because I was curious to see how quarterbacks fell this past season in terms of their consistency. So I took their total QBR for the season, that one number, which for Cousins was 52.4, which is 50 is average. So basically he was a perfectly league average quarterback, which you know, most people wouldn't describe him as. So it was a fitting number for him. But then I took all of their weekly QBRs and compared it to their season QBR. So like, if you had a QBR as a 50, I compared it to their weekly. So if you had a 75 or if you had a 25, that'd be a plus or minus 25 difference from your season average of 50. And then I averaged all those to see what their weekly variance was. So like, if a quarterback was a 50 and he played at a 50 every week, his variance would be zero. If you were all over the place, you'd have a really high variance. And unsurprisingly, Kirk Cousins was rated really highly in terms of being extremely inconsistent. He actually he was the fourth most inconsistent quarterback with a weekly variance of just over 23. So he was, over the course of the whole season, he was 52.4, basically league average. But with a variance of 23.4 on a weekly basis, meaning that on average, when he took the field, he wasn't a league average quarterback. He was either really good and winning you games, or he was really bad and costing you games. And I think that that's probably why the Redskins decided to move on to him, is that they saw that you know he's been in that situation, in the same offense for a few years, and he's still going out there having these horribly inconsistent performances. Yeah, the highs look good, there's no doubt about it, but about half the time, he's also giving you a really poor performance that's probably costing them some games. From that perspective, I can understand why, if they've seen inconsistency for a few years and not a lot of improvement, if you think that's who he's always going to be, I I can kind of understand why they would want to move on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is a fair argument because, I mean, we've seen it for years now. I haven't looked at the QBR and the variance there. It's a very interesting stat there. But, I mean, we've seen it for years. You know, we have the Giants games these last two years that end, that end both seasons where they've just been downright horrible. He had, he had three yep. picks this year against a, a three-win Giants team or four-win Giants team to end the season. It's downright horrible. The year before, he threw all those picks in a game that we needed to win to make the playoffs. So we have seen really bad cousins, but then we've seen good cousins, you know, having that last second drive to beat the Seahawks in Seattle this year. Like, we've seen great cousins as well. So I, I get that from an inconsistent standpoint. Again, I, I was fully, like, embracing the fact that he was gone. I, I'm not upset about him leaving. I'm not upset about Alex Smith. So this is actually a good transition to transition right into why I'm upset about this trade. We had to include a young star corner, a guy who had an outstanding year. I know your site rated him as the number one slot corner in the NFL this past season. So Kendall Fuller, I mean, tell me about Kendall Fuller, man. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best up-and-coming young defensive prospects in all of football, I think. I mean, I'm, I know that some people sort of look down on slot corners and say it's not um, it's not as important, and I agree with that. I, I would much rather have a shut-down corner to play on an island on the outside. But, you know, slot corners these days are on the field almost every snap. So it, it certainly has a lot more value now than it did 10, 15 years ago. And even if that's all he is, even if, you know, the Chiefs, maybe if they do try to play him on the outside and he struggles, but you know that you have a guy that you can put in the slot. And even if it's a slightly less valuable position, if you're great at that, you're still an extremely valuable piece. So, yeah, I can definitely understand why Redskins fans felt like a lateral move at quarterback was not worth giving up a stud like that at that position. Yeah, I mean, that that's the huge thing. Again, it's a 23-year-old who just had an outstanding season who has two years left on a rookie deal. So you're getting a, a young, up-and-coming player very cheap for two more years. And again, we've given up for an older lateral move. And again, I don't think it's a lateral move. I, I like Cousins, but I'm, I'm very biased. But again, if, even if it's a lateral move, even if it's a slight upgrade, it's not worth, in my opinion, a young stud on a rookie deal. And that's kind of where I am with that. And again, your site rated him as the number one slot corner in the NFL. He had a great season. And it's just hard losing a player like that. And the Chiefs really, really stole a good young player from us for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a perfectly fair viewpoint. Like you said, like at best case scenario, moving from Smith to Cousins is a lateral move. So if you're going to give up a starter that potentially could be a part of your franchise for 10 years, that's a lot to ask. Even if you don't rate, you know, even if you don't value a slot corner that much, it's still a starter and you didn't get a huge upgrade out of it. No, I mean, you really, really didn't. And, I, it just, in my opinion, the only reason you make a trade like this is if you really believe in, like, one, you believe in Fuller's backup to be able to come in, who we're going to talk about here in a second, and two, you believe that the quarterback position doesn't need to improve at all. Because if you really needed it to improve, you would make the big trade up in the draft for one of these young quarterbacks, which, again, we'll, we'll talk about young quarterbacks later, too. But if you really want to make that big splash move, try to improve, you, you try to jump up. This is basically them saying, like, we need to stay consistent at quarterback, we need a lateral move, a guy that we can trust. And to do that, we're going to get rid of a young stud. And I'm just not a big fan of that. But, again, let's transition a little bit again here to uh, his backup. I mean, he was a big-time prospect last year. He had a big peck injury, but he just blew up the combine. Fabian Moreau had a, ran a 4.35 at 6 foot, 206 pounds. I mean, he was a talk of the combine. And then going to his pro day, he was excited. it was a big, big thing. And then I think he uh, hurt his peck at his pro day or, or right before that. I can't exactly remember. But I know you're a draft guy, so how did you kind of uh, rank Fabian Moreau last year? Yeah, I really liked him. Uh, last year was a really deep cornerback class, and so he fell further down the board than he probably would have if it were more of a shallow class and someone would have reached a little bit higher for him if we'll need. 
So they definitely got a potential steal in him. There's still a lot that we don't know about him. He was injured a little bit in college, so we didn't necessarily see him at his peak on the field in college. And then this year, he didn't get on the field a whole lot for the Redskins. So, you know, it's sort of been two years where he hasn't played a whole lot. There's still a lot unknown. But as you mentioned, he killed it at the combine. His measurables are great. He's got decent size. He's got the speed. Theoretically, if you can develop him, and the Redskins have done a great job developing defensive backs in recent years. I think there's definitely a reason to be optimistic that he can be a quality starter for them for a long time. But it is it is still an unknown, and as he takes on a bigger role this year, I think Redskins fans should expect some growing pains because you know, it's been almost two years since he's really he's played a full season. Yeah, it has. I think he only played 50 total snaps last year, and he was kind of off and on with a bunch of injuries in training camp as well. So he kind of missed a lot of that training camp experience as well. Uh, do you think that his traits, you know, I know he's six foot and he moves really well, but do you think his traits kind of translate well to the slot or he should be like an outside type guy? I think he can do either. I, I think he's big enough to be on the outside, you know, uh, but he's also athletic enough to be in the slot. I think that's one of the reasons why he's so valuable and why I liked him a lot as a prospect is that, you know, you can move him around as the coaching staff gets to know him better, figure out what his strengths and weaknesses are. They'll find, you know, the Redskins, as I said, they've done a great job developing players. They obviously found the perfect spot to put Fuller in and develop him as a slot corner. Yeah, I, I would, as a Redskins fan, I, I think you guys should trust the coaching staff to figure out the best spot for him. Because physically, he can do both, and now it's just a matter of figuring out where he's most comfortable and can make the biggest impact. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And he's definitely the big name to look at the slot corner here. But we do have another young corner who I didn't even prep you on, so I'm sorry if you don't have notes or, or anything on this guy. But Joshua Holsey out of Auburn, I, I don't know if you really rate him. I know he was a late-round pick, seventh-round pick. But do you have any opinion on Joshua Holsey and maybe he could be the guy who steps in and takes the slot corner role? I, I only know a little bit about him because he wasn't really high on the draft radar last season. I think it was either seventh-round pick last Seven, year. Yeah, seventh-round pick, yep. Yeah, um, I know that he's... A short, fast guy. Um, so guys like that, that's sort of the mold that you look for in a slot cornerback. So if you know if they like him and they can develop him for that role, maybe he's a potential replacement. But you know, there's a lot unknown. Obviously, he went late in the draft for a reason and didn't really see the field this year at all. I'm not sure. But you know, he's a, he's a good athlete. So that's what you look for in developing cornerbacks. Uh, just you look for an athlete and hope that the coaching staff can mold them into something. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, Torian Gray did an excellent job this past season developing our young defensive backs. I mean, DJ Swearinger, according to Bleacher Report, was the 14th rated safety in the NFL. Monte Nicholson was actually the 7th rated safety in all of football, even though he only played six games. And he was a fourth round pick this past season. And again, Kendall Fuller was a third round pick and he was the top slot corner in the NFL. So they really have developed these young guys in a very positive way. So it is something to look forward to. But let's go jump into a little bit more draft talk because again, you have a lot of draft knowledge. We're not going to waste that here by just talking Redskins when you're a Browns fan too. So I don't understand why we would only talk about Redskins fan or Redskins stuff here. But big quarterback shakeup. Browns were one of the teams that were going to go after Alex Smith, and it was kind of iffy they're going to take quarterback that high if they got Alex Smith. But now that you know that road is clear. Now that they they're not going to have Alex Smith, who do you think they go with the first overall pick or the fourth overall pick quarterback wise? I, I think the safe money is on Sam Darnold. For me personally, Josh Rosen's my number one overall player, but yeah, me too. I think if, if you were going to bet on it, I think Darnold's probably a safe bet to go just because nobody has any off-field concerns with him whatsoever. Everybody loves him, um, and there is some of those questions with Rosen. I personally don't think that there's any reason to doubt Rosen and how much he loves football and all that stuff that gets brought up sometimes. I don't buy into any of that, but the fact is it's out there with Rosen, and some people do, and so 
know, if you're just placing bets early in the process like this, Darnold's the way to go. But they could surprise us. They could love Rosen. They could even step up and love Mayfield, too. So it's going to be one of those three guys, though. The one thing I'm confident in is they're not going to go spend all their money on Kirk Cousins and pass over the quarterbacks. That's not an option. They're going to go get one of these stud quarterbacks um, and then probably try to sign somebody else to another short-term deal like they were hoping to do with Dallas they gotcha. So I have kind of two questions for you here. Uh, one is, how many quarterbacks do you think go in like top ten, top fifteen? How many quarterbacks do you think go when come draft time? I think it's going to be three. I think Darnold, Rosen, and Mayfield are way ahead of this class. Um, I think all three of them are studs. If there was only one of those three guys, no matter who it was in this draft class, they're going number one overall, and we're not even discussing it. Just lock him in for the Browns. They're all worthy of being the number one overall pick. It's a great class. Those are the only three guys that I can say with any confidence are going to end up in the first round. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson's name gets brought up. Josh Allen's name gets brought up. But those guys are so raw. Uh, both of them have some issues with accuracy, some issues with mechanics to a lesser extent. Maybe someone gambles on them. It, it wouldn't be shocking. We see it happen a lot where teams just they feel desperate for a quarterback in the middle of the first round and they reach for somebody. But I wouldn't bet on it happening. I think it's going to be those three guys, and they're going to go high. Darnold probably goes one. Who knows what the Giants do at number two? I I think they're probably going to take a quarterback, either Darnold or Rosen, depending on who the Browns let slide to them, just because you're not going to be in that position very often. So when you are, you have a chance to get a superstar. you got to take that opportunity. And then between the Broncos and Jets and a couple other teams like the Dolphins that could potentially trade up, I think whoever ends up being the third guy on the board, I think he comes off pretty quickly either to a team like Broncos or Jets who are already up there at number five and number six or somebody moving up into that spot to get them. So I think within the first five or six picks, all three of those guys come on board. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I completely agree. I think those guys are all great talents, and I don't really see any of them falling out of the top six. I mean, no chance they fall out of the top ten. I wanted to get your quick opinion, though, on the most polarizing player in this entire draft. Josh Allen. I mean, there's some people saying he's the first overall pick. There's some people saying he's an undraftable tight end. Where do you fall on that spectrum with Josh Allen? I I think that he is, if we can remove emotion from it, because there's, there's so much emotion around him for some reason, I don't really understand why, and just evaluate him fairly, I think he's a third or fourth round pick, and you would draft him and view him as a lottery ticket. Because if you threw him onto the NFL field right now, he would be one of the worst starting quarterbacks we've ever seen. He can't play at an NFL level right now. Uh, His accuracy is atrocious. Um, It's not just a matter of him not putting the ball uh, where his receiver has the best chance to get it. It's a matter of him missing receivers by five yards sometimes. If if you threw him onto an NFL field, it would be a disaster. Uh, But he has an incredible arm. He might have a stronger arm than anybody in the NFL right now. It's really special. And he's a good athlete, too. He can roll out, he can throw on the run. And when it all when he does that and it all clicks and he throws it accurately, it looks incredible. His best plays are, are really something to watch. And you can see why 
teams are at least talking about him as a potential first round pick. Because if you can get him to do that consistently, he's a superstar. There's no doubt about it. The problem is he's so far away from being able to do that consistently that I think, you know, if you're going to put odds on it, I think probably 75% chance he never amounts to anything. So if you could get him in the third or fourth round and just treat it like a lottery ticket and try to develop him for a couple of years, I'm all for any team drafting him in that range. You know, take him and see what your coaching staff can do with him. But I don't care who drafts him in the first round. If someone does, it's a mistake. Because uh, he, like with all first-round picks, they get forced onto the field too soon. He's not ready for that. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to reinforce bad habits. If he goes in the first round, I'll be shocked if it works out. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat with you. Unless he really goes to a team that is committed to sitting him for like two or three years in the first round, I don't think he's going to be a big successful quarterback there. My my grade of him has always kind of been like a second round grade or a second or day two grade. My fault. More like a day two grade. I don't get the big hatred for the kid. I got to kind of talk with him a little bit down the senior. Well, he's a really nice guy, and I think he's a really smart dude too. And I think he's going to be committed to to uh, improving his game. But I, it's hard to take a guy who's that inaccurate. I think it was like a fifty percent accuracy in the in college. That that does not translate well to the NFL. So we will see with Josh Allen for sure. But to kind of jump a little bit back to Redskins talk, just to finish off this show here, Redskins are probably in the market for like a mid round quarterback because. I feel like they're going that route where have Alex Smith start for a year, two years, three years, and then bring up this rookie quarterback and get rid of Alex Smith for the rookie. So give me a mid-round player, not not Josh Allen because I think he might go like day two or day one, uh, a mid-round quarterback who you think can be a good developmental guy to sit behind Alex Smith. Well, I think if they're going to take one on day three, which I think that's probably most likely that I wouldn't really like to see them take one earlier than that just because you're probably locked into Alex Smith for at least three years. Yeah. It all works out maybe longer than that. But, you know, Redskins know better than anybody that if you like a guy on day three, you take him because <laughs> mm-hmm. who knows where they'd be right now if they didn't take Kirk Cousins yeah. in the fourth round that year. Um, so if, if they fall in love with someone on day three, I'm all for it. Um, one of the day three guys that I'm interested in is Chase Litton out of Marshall. Ooh. I view him as sort of like a less hyped up version of Josh Allen. Like Allen, he's big, strong, decent athlete. Not not as good an athlete as Allen. Not as strong as arm as Allen. But he's one of those guys that just looks the part, and when it all comes together, it looks really good. He just needs to be more consistent. So uh, a team like the Redskins that clearly doesn't have a question mark at quarterback for the next couple of years, I think it'd be great to see him land in a situation like that where you can commit three solid years to developing him, and then maybe you have something that can take over for Alex Smith or – Maybe things are going well without Smith, and you can shop them around and pick up other assets. Yeah, I actually like that idea. I actually haven't watched Chase Litton yet. I was expecting uh, some other guy that I actually have watched, so I haven't seen Chase Litton yet. I've heard some good things, though, from, from other guys I respect in the draft community, so that's definitely a guy I need to check out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, the guy has the traits, and you can get him day three. Why not? I mean, that's what Kirk Cousins was. He was just a guy with some traits who didn't really put together in college, and we got to throw him out there, and, and he turned into uh, the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history probably here in, in a couple months or a couple weeks or whatever it is. But that is all we have for today's show, guys. Uh, thank you again for jumping on, Ryan. Uh, any final words for we call tonight? No, just, you know, I know that Redskins fans, I'm sure there's a lot of frustrations, whether you wanted Cousins or whether you didn't want to give up four, but... Ultimately, as I was looking through all the stats, it's hard not to come away optimistic, going back to what I said at the beginning. you got everyone on the same page now. you got a quarterback that you know is at least good. And, you know, at the minimum, he's a league average quarterback. I, I think that there's reason for optimism there, even if you're disappointed to see Cousins go. Yeah, for sure. And my last question for you, because you just said we have optimism as Redskins fans now with this. 
What's your optim like? What's your feel for the Browns now going into this next year? Are you feeling optimistic? How are you feeling going into the draft this off season and this next season? I'm nervous just because I'm always nervous every time there's a new GM in charge in Cleveland. They all <laughs> seem to screw it up. But I'm relatively optimistic. I really liked what the last regime did as far as building up the talent on the roster before going all in on the quarterback. Uh, they're in a completely different situation as an 0-16 team than, say, the Lions were when they went 0-16. This is a team that already has some good players in place. They've got some decent depth in some positions. And with the amount of money that they have to spend and the amount of draft capital that they have this year, they're going to make a huge leap this year. As long as they can hit on the quarterback, I think it could turn around pretty quickly in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I think the Browns have a lot of potential. They've drafted really well these last couple of years, so they're definitely a team I'll be rooting for because I've talked to a lot of Browns fans recently, and I've gotten to the point now where I've come around. I, I really like the Browns. I respect uh, a lot of their fans because, I mean, sticking around with the Browns for this long is is almost, or it's probably a lot more stupid than sticking with the Redskins for this long. <laughs> this long. So I feel you there, man. But, again, thanks for coming on. I had a blast talking uh, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, and all these other things with you. Uh, guys, tomorrow we will have Jay Reed on to talk more quarterback stuff because, again, I can't get off this topic. It's It's all... Redskins, all Alex Smith on my mind right now. So we will talk even more quarterback tomorrow. So be sure again to tune in to Locked on Redskins tomorrow. And I'll catch you guys later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.